0: We'll be looking at John chapter 10 again, same passage of Scripture that we read this morning. There's a lot to cover in this passage of Scripture. I want to zero in tonight just on two key truths in this passage of Scripture. Both of these truths are beautiful in and of themselves. They stand alone as being beautiful uh, just in and of themselves, by themselves. But when we see how the two are connected, The result is stunning and very thought-provoking. So let's see what we've got. John chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that I might have life. They may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, who is not the shepherd, but one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold; Them also I must bring that they will hear my voice. There will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. This commandment I have received from my father. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. Many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for taking care of all of us to bring us to your house and for teaching us about Jesus teaching about his plan and our place in his plan. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Now, we touched on this this morning. Some of this might be repetitious, but I want to expound on it because there's a reason as we we wrap everything up. First of all, we want to look at the intensity of the shepherd's search for the sheep. Now, this was evident in the actions of Jesus, as we mentioned this morning in the ninth chapter of this, uh, of John, in verse 25. When Jesus heard that this man had been cast out and harassed by the Pharisees, it says, And when he found him, now he found him as the result of what? A search. And it's evident in his actions, and this is just one instance where Jesus found someone several different times in the New Testament. Jesus finds somebody. It doesn't say he just encountered them. That meant he was looking for them. So we know by the actions of Jesus, he was very intentional in his search. But also the intensity of the search is expressed in his own words. Turn back to the book of Luke, two passages of Scripture. First of all, chapter 15, Luke chapter 15. We'll look at verse 1 through 7, familiar passage of Scripture, but it shows us how intentional and how important the search is to Jesus. We need to get that in order to to understand how the, the two truths are connected. Luke chapter 15, verse 1 that all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, I found my sheep which was lost. I say to you, likewise, there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. We know by verse 7, he's not talking about livestock. He's talking about people. And he says, that's just what the kingdom of heaven is like. We search till we find. He doesn't stop till he finds it. And When he finds it, there's rejoicing because his heart is in the search. That is the heart of the shepherd. Turn over a couple of more pages to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. And we'll start in verse 6. But you know what happened up to verse 6? This is the story of old Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a... Wee little man, according to the words of the song. Everybody knows that song, and a wee little man was he. He couldn't see over the crowd, so he climbed up in the sycamore tree, and Jesus had him treed. He said, You come down, I'm coming to eat at your house today. In verse 6, it says, He made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. If I've taken anything from any by one by false accusation, I will restore fourfold. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to his house because he also was a son of Abraham. Look in verse 10. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Why did Jesus come? Why did the Messiah come? Right there. Jesus nails it. He says, the Son of Man came to what? Search. To search for that which is lost. To seek and to save. And what do we say being saved means this morning? The word means delivered, safe, and sound. But the intensity of the search is also predicted by the prophets. I want to look back in Ezekiel chapter 34. It's going to be a repeat, but I'm going to read a few extra verses along with this to show exactly God, hundreds of years before, predicted the heart of the Messiah, the heart of Jesus. And we know, of course, by what we just read and reading through the gospel, the heart of Jesus was in the search. We mentioned this morning, he couldn't even be distracted by people who wanted to kill him. He continued with the search. He didn't busy himself with worrying about those people. In Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 11, For so. Thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they are scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the peoples, gather them from the countries, and bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountain of Israel in the valleys, in the, uninhabited, in the inhabited place of the country. I will feed them in good pasture. Their foe will be on the high mountains of Israel. There they will lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. I will make them lie down, says the Lord. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away, bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick, but I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. He's talking there about the false shepherds. But notice what he says. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. And Jesus comes on the scene and says, I'm the good shepherd. I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. So that's the intensity of the search. In this passage, may seem to be unrelated, but they're connected is the joy of his company. In John chapter 10, where we read, verse 3, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads his sheep out. And he brings out his own sheep, and he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They follow him because they know his voice. Verse 27 of the same chapter. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. You see, the joy in his company is he goes to the fold, he calls his sheep, he leads them out, and as they follow him, they walk in the company of the shepherd. Now, the joy in the company of the shepherd is expressed in the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm is one of the most beloved of all writings of literature, whether spiritual or non-spiritual, non-biblical. It's one of the most cherished. The whole Psalm talks about the care of the shepherd and how wonderful and how peaceful and how joyful it is to walk with the shepherd. So we know there's, Joy in the company of the shepherd. A closer look at a shepherd. Now, we're looking at a shepherd from long ago, the one that Jesus wrote about. We're not looking at the big sheep ranches where you have hundreds of thousands of sheep and people round them up with four-wheelers and dogs and horses and so forth. We're talking about a flock that's under the care of a shepherd, and he leads them along. Now, A closer look at the flock will reveal something. Every shepherd had those handful of sheep that would follow right up under his feet. They would follow right with him. Uh, He would would call his sheep, and some would just respond to his voice, and they couldn't get close enough to him. If he turned around, they were right up under his feet. And Sometimes there would be one that would just extremely follow it along. And he would talk to it. And as he walked, the little sheep would look up at him. And a lot of times, according to Philip Keller, who was a shepherd and watched shepherds in this same method, a lot of times he would watch them walking along through the pasture, and you'd have that one or two sheep that would be following along, and the shepherd would take his staff, and he would just lay it on the back of the sheep. And the sheep would look up at the shepherd, and they would walk along, And we stay in contact with him, and that sheep would not leave the side of the shepherd. He would always want to stay close to the shepherd. And a good, close look, an honest look at a sheep with his flock tells us this some sheep follow closer than others. All of them followed, all of them would respond to his leadership, but some wanted to make sure and stay closer than the others. Now, an honest look at the church, an honest look at those who call themselves by the name of Christ will reveal that some believers follow more closely than others. Now, somebody might say, oh, that's judgmental. A close look reveals and an honest look reveals some believers follow more closely than others. I think we could say that's an honest statement. That's not judgmental. It's just an observation. But before we get too judgmental about it, an honest look at our lives will reveal that we follow Jesus closer sometimes than others, don't we? We're all in the fold. We're all in the flock. Some follow closer than others, and then sometimes we follow closer than we do at other times. Let's just be honest about it. But we know this. There's nothing that can replace the joy and security and comfort than following as close as possible to the shepherd. And I think we all know when we're not following as close as we should, it's not as good, is it? It's not as good. You know the sheep we want to be? The sheep we want to be is that one one's walking right up there by the shepherd, looking up at the shepherd, shepherd every now and then, gives him a little tap, kind of lets him know he's thinking about him and loves all over him. That's the sheep we need to be. That's the sheep we can be. Here's the connection. I told you it's important. These two truths stand alone and are very beautiful. The connection in the two is this. A rural shepherd, we're talking about the shepherds in Jesus' day, would search for those sheep that weren't following closely enough. You know, the shepherd could say, well, get on with your bad self. If you're not going to follow me, just go on. Get lost if you need to. You're not going to follow. You're not going to follow behind me. You're not going to listen to what I have to say. Just, you deserve anything you get. That's not what the good shepherd does, does it? Aren't we glad he doesn't treat us that way? see, the sheep that want to ignore him, the sheep that want to follow way off out there and they're getting on the fringe, oh, he's not happy with that. So he wants to search for them. He wants to bring them closer. He does not use horses and sheepdogs and other things. Here's how the shepherds in Jesus' day would bring the furthest sheep closer to him. He would move into those areas where the sheep had scattered. And You know what he'd bring with him? Those sheep that were right at his feet, the ones that were following closest to him, the ones who just couldn't get enough of him. And he would pause, and those sheep would begin to kind of feed away from the shepherd a little bit. He had stopped, so they would keep him with an eye shot, but they would go ahead and feed along. You know what they would do? They would mix and mingle with those that were afar off. And what would happen is, when it was time to go back to the fold, they would start making their way to the shepherd like they always did, to travel as close as possible with him. And you know what would happen? Those other sheep would follow them back to the shepherd. You see, what would happen is, the sheep that were walking close to the shepherd would go and lead the other ones back to the shepherd. That's stunning. That is a challenge. That if we're enjoying the fellowship of walking close to the master, Jesus wants to use us as they see our life and the effect he has on our life. As we mix around with the people who aren't close to Jesus, through our work week, at school, and other places, just like that sheep that stays next to him, as they come back and they head to the fold, they're bringing those sheep and leading them back to the good shepherd. He wants us to lead others to him because we know the joy of walking right next to the feet of the Good Shepherd. Is there anything before we close? Let's stand and be dismissed with a word of prayer.